the Christian Circle podcast and you're listening to Pamela Fernandez where we have conversations about Christian living. Here's the show. Good morning or good evening depending where you are. My name is John Borgio and I'm here with Terry, my wife. She uh, we have been married 45 years. We have two daughters and a son-in-law and a grandson and we're glad to be on this uh podcast. To give you some background on our experience, uh, we have a career, a long career of service in the church. Uh, I began years ago as a director of religious education and then pursued the uh, studying marriage and family therapy and served a parish for 13 years as a marriage and family therapist, and then moved into the private sector, worked for different corporations, uh, and now trying to do ministry, now that I'm retired, ministry using my experience in marriage and family life. Mm-hmm. And Terry has worked with parishes uh, as a volunteer, as a director of religious education for several years, as a director of adult formation. Uh, she and I do retreats together for married couples and have done many engaged couples retreats, preparing couples for marriage. So you have uh, uh, lots of experience uh, in dealing with married couples, troubled couples, and um, people getting ready for marriage, right? That is correct. That is correct. I, I know I've, I've asked you why is preparation important, but would you suggest preparing before you get married? And if so, why? Well, I'll, I'll answer first, and then Terry may add something. Uh, it's important to prepare because marriage is a lifelong commitment. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like anybody would prepare for a career with a, a lot of preparation or study and making decisions and test testing different things, mm-hmm. marriage is, uh, re- requires that kind of preparation. But the other piece to, that people are not thinking about is that preparation actually begins early in life. St. John Paul II, in his uh, one of his documents, said that there are three stages of preparation, and and we agree with it. One is the remote preparation, what happens in childhood, in your home home and and, uh, how you observe your parents as a couple or your grandparents as a couple. Uh, Then there is the proximate preparation, which is when you get to your teenagers and teenage years and date and have relationships to just explore relationships. And then there is the immediate preparation. What happens just before the wedding, once uh, you have found a potential partner and begin to seriously consider marriage? You want to add anything, Terry? I would like to add, too, and I think you said something like this. I think that any life-changing event that we plan, like a career change or a move to another city, or even a married couple have, you know, we want to have a baby, it for the most part involves some type of thoughtful preparation. And what should this preparation actually involve? I mean, you see a lot of people who, who only think that the immediate one, because that's the only thing I knew so far about pre-Kena, but nobody knows about this preparation before. So what should this involve? I think formal marriage preparation program give us an, op- well, they all give you an opportunity to in, to discuss the important and often practical issues of married life, such as communication, finances, careers, mm-hmm. children, sexuality, spirituality, and prayer. And we have found on many occasions that couples have not yet discussed some of these subjects mm-hmm. and are happy that they now have. Mm-hmm. 
And I think every couple, for the most part, dreams of a happily ever after. And But married life will have bumps in the road. And um, to kind of extend a metaphor or continue with a different metaphor, and marriage preparation gives couples some of those tools that they need to navigate through those times. Yeah, and if I can add to that, uh, I think that uh, marriage preparation is really a time of discernment, a time to decide is 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 marriage what I what is what I want, what is good for me, is marriage what I am called to by God, or and also the question is this the right person uh, for me to marry, and then and then the question uh, for every person would be so what do I need to learn about married life as I as I get close to making the commitment. So in my opinion, one of the things that that the couple needs to realize or to to explore during preparation is. Is my vision of my dreams of married life, how realistic are they? Because it could be very disappointing <laughs> if you're not aware of what to expect. And then the other one is, is something that perhaps the, the faith can add to a dimension that the faith can add to the couple. It is the, the fact that marriage as a vocation gives our life a purpose a meaning our life together a meaning so now we we get married is just not the two of us doing our own thing we our roles in our life have a purpose in the context of god's creation and and that is something that people need to realize and might inspire them to to look ahead into the future and how to make sacrifices adjust adapt and work toward the future Having that, knowing that their life is together as a meaning that meaning that is greater than just themselves. You're, you're asking people to discern and be more prayerful about this as well, right? Absolutely, absolutely. This is certainly a time of, of prayer. Uh, the sermon is so important. Unfortunately, uh, it, it doesn't happen. Uh, you know, people assume that I'm going to get married and so I'll get uh, go through the process. It doesn't happen enough and. In the, in the process of marriage preparation that we have designed, that is something that we encourage couples to do. Be sure that this is really the path that you want to follow with your life, and this is really the person. And part of that comes through by getting to know what married life is and getting to know more about the person that you plan to marry. Because the more you know the person, the more you know if you are the right, right for each other. So would you suggest people should attend retreats or spend more time with other successfully married couples? Or what else can, can people do? Certainly attend retreats in most Catholic dioceses and now also some of the non-Catholic denominations are providing some type of formal marriage preparation, which is very beneficial for couples. Uh, usually, as Terry said, during those retreats, couples explore topics like communication, finances, and so on. That is all very important and very valuable. And prayer is, is very important. I think John co- covered a lot of the practical things and or aspects of this. And But I think the, and if this is what marriage preparation, what does it involve? It, it also involves meeting with a priest or a deacon in the parish, connecting with the parish. Uh, oftentimes a couple will go to the church, the parish, and say, you know, we would like to get married in the church and what do we need to do? And they really think they're just, they want to get 
what they want more than anything mm-hmm. is to put their date on the calendar and to make sure that the church is free on the day that they've chosen to get married. And oftentimes that they may find that it isn't available. And so there's a little bit of, of negotiating that has to happen on their part, you know, to decide, okay, wow, our plans are not exactly as as we had thought. But what they also learned when they set that date is that when they entered, when they went into the church office and asked if they could get married on this date, they've also learned that the church is going to ask more of them, and that is that they attend a marriage preparation program. Some couples already know that, some don't. And so this is a, it's just a moment of contact with the parish that's much more than setting a date for their wedding. And so that's Mm -hmm. the beginning of this contact with the church and that the church is welcoming them to be part of a a bigger community as a a married couple. Yeah, in in the program that we prepare for Ave Maria Press for marriage preparation, we kind of outline what we think is the ideal setting for marriage preparation. We want, first of all, couples to be anchored in a parish, in a community. And so we encourage them certainly to start going to Mass in a particular parish and then participate in the life of the parish. And the parish will give them a mentor couple, mm-hmm. a married couple with experience who will work with them during the preparation and introduce them to other couples in the parish so that the whole parish is aware of them and the whole parish even prays for them as they go through this process. About this whole thing is that marriage is not about drawing inward, but about going outward into the uh, Christian community. Exactly. So that... Uh, it's very because we want the mentor couple and the parents to continue to follow this couple in the first years of marriage because those are very trying years. And so, if they have the support of the community, if they know people with similar values they associate with, they will be able to stand the difficulties of adjusting to each other in married life. So that is kind of the idea, so to speak, uh, if it's possible to have it, because we don't live alone. We don't do well outside of our communities. And the more we can be connected to a community that supports us and loves us, the better we are. The reason why we're doing this this month is because it's Valentine's month. And uh, we get a lot of inquiries about single people, married people. In fact, our best podcast has been on marriage because so many people are looking forward to advice on marriage and relationships. What advice would you give to single people who are on the lookout for life partners, you know, in various stages, who are struggling with this this issue of... of If if you're a person of faith, I would say that um, you feel that you're being called to the married life and you... and you feel like you're being called to the married life, I would recommend um, that you begin with praying for your future spouse because this person is somewhere out there in the world. And and so um, just just to begin by praying for that person is um it, it, it's a way to be to feel connected and and it's also a way to now you've asked God, you've said to God, I believe that I'm being called to the married life. And if that's true, then my future spouse, my future and for me I you know, I would say my future husband is somewhere in the world. And would you watch over him? So that that would be one thing that I would do. I also would say, think about what you are looking for Mm -hmm. in a spouse. What are your values? What do you hold dear? What's important to you? And what are your dreams? And um, are the people that you are currently dating, do they, do they match that? Do they, do you find that 
that they're they're the same or that they're different. Mm -hmm. And if they're different, perhaps not to, I wouldn't recommend that you not date someone just because they're different, but because you might learn something new, but, and you might learn something about yourself in that. But I would say, look, make sure that you're looking for someone who shares your values and isn't wanting you to change who you are. Mm -hmm. I would agree with that. And uh, pulling from my experience as a marriage and family therapist, I would just make this kind of a, give this kind of advice. So remember that physical attraction and feelings are good, but they are not enough to sustain you for a lifelong commitment. Uh, and then the other piece that's important is learn about your potential spouse or partner, uh, their family history, uh, their, their past experiences, mm -hmm. because those have formed the person that he or she is. And you know, you it may help it may help you get to know the person by knowing the the family that he belongs he or she belongs to. And then finally, the third one would be. Uh, similar to what uh, Terry said, look for someone with similar values and lifestyle that is compatible with your values and lifestyles. To do that, look for a potential spouse in places where you may find it. Uh, that is, it, you know, if you're looking for certain values, you certainly don't go places where those values don't exist to try to meet someone. So, so look in the right places. And this is where the issues of religion comes up. You know, different, uh, more and more people are marrying spouses of a different religion. And that is not necessarily bad, but it carries it carries a lot of risk in terms of potential conflicts. And those need to be resolved before you get to the altar, such as how will we raise our children? Where do where will we go? Where will we practice our faiths? Yeah. Will we do it together? Will we do it separately? Uh, and so on. And in what religion do we raise our children? Mm -hmm. So those are very important questions that can create problems if you don't deal with them ahead of time. And Finally, the last one, comment I would make is avoid the myth of living together as a way to avoid divorce, because that is that is certainly just a myth and everybody is buying into that. Mm -hmm. uh, many, many studies are showing that when people uh, live together without having made a commitment to each other, mm -hmm. they're more likely to divorce because the commitment is not there. Mm -hmm. You begin often without a commitment, mm -hmm. and then you slide into marriage without making that commitment firm, or because you feel trapped in that relationship and you think that's the best way to go forward is to get married. You may have children together, you may own property together, and it's much easier to just go along instead of say, no, this is not right. So I would just say, be careful about that. So how can single people who are engaged or who are thinking about marriage resolve this past emotional hurts and pains and, you know, the, uh, the past relationships or their childhood traumas, all those things before they can commit to somebody? How can they handle all that baggage before they can get into a relationship? I think that's a very good question, and I and probably not one that many people think of, that that is something that probably should be reviewed before moving forward. I think I would say to honestly review previous relationships mm -hmm. 
and what you don't want to see repeated in future relationships. Mm-hmm. And and I think John mentioned that too, just avoiding, well, you were talking about just different, uh, look for your, pre, if you're looking, if you're dating, go to places that, mm-hmm. that are more like. Match your values. Match your values, yeah. right, right. I would, I would say know who you are and what you're looking for and remain true to yourself and don't ever compromise yourself or your values. And I think if a person needs further help resolving hurts and pains from the past, to consider visiting with a professional counselor to help you heal, because I think healing is very important too. Yeah, and I, I would add, I would agree with that, that sometimes it's necessary to go to a professional to find some help in healing. Obviously, marriage preparation in itself is not a time for healing because it's short, it's very short, and usually healing takes a long time. But it's important to know what your hurts are. You know, just identify your hurts. Things that if you carry them into the marriage without resolving them, it may affect negatively the marriage. For example, the divorce of one's parents. That affects a child's perception of marriage and the way people relate to each other. Mm-hmm. That that could be a hurt that needs to be addressed. Or a person who is single today because they went through divorce. Mm-hmm. Again, that uh, requires healing uh, before a commitment is made. There could be a history of, of drug or alcohol abuse or a history of uh, uh, pornography. Or a person may have had an abortion, which causes them... Uh, you know, concerns and and feelings of self-deprecation and so on. All of that, even though may not be resolved uh, or healed totally during the preparation, I think it should at least be addressed, recognized, acknowledged that these are problems that that kind of haunts me from the past Mm -hmm. and share those with your spouse so that together you can go forward and acknowledge and recognize where each other's weaknesses are and help each other or seek professional help. If you are haunted by some things that happened to you in your life, make sure to forgive yourself. So you said you talked about the emotional hurts and pains, but I'm just saying single people in general, those who are discerning their vocation, whether they're going to be single, whether they're going to be married, whether they're going to be priests or nuns or whatever, how should they be praying? And what should their prayer be like? I think if, if it were me, I would... I... I did pray for my future spouse, and I started praying for my future spouse when I was 13. And I, I just, I don't know what prompted me to do that, but I, I, I knew for some reason with certainty mm-hmm. that I was, I was being called to the married life, and I don't know why I knew that at that point, and what prompted me to begin to pray for my future spouse, but I did, wherever he was in the world. And and that part is kind of interesting because at the time my father was in the Air Force and we were stationed in Bangkok, Thailand. So I was living in another country. And so I prayed for my husband, my future husband, wherever he was in the world. And as it turned out, John was born in Italy and had come, he was in the, he moved to the United States to study. He was sent there by his superiors from his religious order to study in the United States. So he was actually in the United States. I, that became my prayer. And because that started as my prayer as a, as a young person prior to dating, it became my prayer when I was dating for, for everyone that I dated. And so that, that was very, that was, to me, that was very important that and 
it led me to John. But I think as a single person, I think I would also, and I did this too, ask God to lead you and show you what he wants to do with the gifts that he's given you. What is it that you want from me, Lord? Where where are you leading me? Help me to see where you are leading me. And I think in that prayer, you will see you will, your eyes will be more open as you look around you and as you go through your day. Yeah, the first prayer is really one of discerning the vocation. Is, is marriage for me, or are there other ways I can serve God through uh, through the priesthood or the the religious life, or or as a single person? So once you can come to some decision, of course, it takes time to discern that. Then also a discernment, as Terry mentioned, of who's the right person for me. And I was looking online this morning. I was looking for, so who, who do they people pray? How, how do they pray? Well, the first thing that you pray is by, is by being active in your community, in your faith community, by attending church by being familiar with your faith. But uh, I looked in particular, who are the patron saints of engaged couples? I found two. One is St. Agnes of Rome, and the other one, of course, is St. Valentine. So praying to them could be one way to help you make the decision that needs to be made. So uh, any last uh, piece of advice that you have for uh, for all of these people who are listening to us, married and single? Well, the main piece of advice is... uh, Certainly, listen to your heart, follow your the, the inspiration of, of the Holy Spirit, and uh, enjoy love. Enjoy loving somebody or, or finding something that you love to do as a service to the community. I think what John said is is great. <laughs> I agree. I, no, I agree. I think doing something that you love and knowing that, that you are loved, and you're loved by God, your Father, first and and foremost. But but you are you are loved. You are lovable. Know that. So uh, you also wrote a book with Ave Maria Press about this, right? So can you tell people about your book, about your marriage preparation courses, or anything that you'd like to share with them? Yes, they actually have. And I was going to mention it earlier when we talked about prayer. We wrote a book called. Joy by Grace, a Catholic prayer book for engaged and newly married couples. That is with Ave Maria Press. And then we have a marriage preparation program. Terry, do you want to say something about that? Yes, we have a marriage preparation program, Joined by Grace, Preparing for the Sacramental Journey of Marriage. And it is, it's a program for parishes to use. It's, it has a program manual for the parish. It has a, a book for the mentor couple, a mentor couple's guide, and then it has a, cup, a book for the engaged couple. And so it comes as a pack. It has a DVD program. We have a DVD, I'm sorry, DVDs that go with the sessions. There's six, it's six sessions. And it's based on, well, preparing for the sacramental journey. John has done a beautiful job of taking the sacraments and um, weaving them into how we can live our life as married couples and actually as people of God sacramentally through the sacraments and how we can, as spouses, love each other through the sacraments. And people can find more information about it at at joinedbygrace.com. All one word, joinedbygrace.com. And if people want to get in touch with you for any advice or any counseling or speaking engagements or they want to invite you to their parish, how do they get in touch? Uh, They can write to me. This is the address. J. Bozio, B-O-S-I-O, number one, 
at AOL.com. Thank you very much. Okay. okay. Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you.